Welcome once again to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. I am Ben, the man who knows too much about Batman, and with me as usual... Tis I, everyone, and we have upgraded <laughs> once again. You know, nerds are known for being smart, and we're trying to work smarter, not harder. So exactly. we got a new fucking thing on YouTube, and... Uh, Hopefully it sounds the same on the podcast version. We'll see, <laughs> we'll see what happens. That will go back to before. Let us know how the audio is, everybody, but yeah. And then, as usual, our new co-host. Well, drown the kids and shoot the neighbors. Looks like we've got two new guests to torture and torment. <laughs> yes, we do, Uncle Joker. And so, uh, we all know that Batman became a cultural phenomenon in 1966, thanks to the great Adam West had his own classic movie, but in an alternate world, we could have had another Adam West Batman movie. He wouldn't have fought Joker, Catwoman, Riddler, and Penguin, though. He would have fought Godzilla. <laughs> so here to talk about that. Uh, our, our guests, please introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Eric Elliott. I'm the writer and producer of Batman Meets Godzilla, and uh, my partner here, Ian Miller. I am Ian Miller. I'm one of the artists of Batman Meets Godzilla. Nice. Awesome. Yep. So, we wanted to talk to you guys about this film. I've read up on it as well, but I thought since, you know, you guys have a project on this that fans can check out themselves, we might as well ask you about, tell us about the unmade Batman Meets Godzilla film and give us kind of a synopsis of, of what the story could have been like. Yeah, it's interesting to think that there could have been this meeting of titans. Uh, but back in the, you know, the 60s, leading up to the Batman TV series, there was a treatment that was developed by the TV show producer, uh, William Dozier. And so there was a, you know, the treatment was found in his, in his archives. And so that's about as much as we know. Everything else is kind of guesswork. So... Reading the treatment, it seems like there was a heavily Japanese influence, and there's mm -hmm. this uh, kind of mythology that's kind of developed around this. It says that uh, the Bat I'm sorry, the Godzilla writer Sekizawa, who had wrote um, Batman, he's, Batman versus uh, sorry, uh, King Kong versus Godzilla, was um, had a hand in the treatment, and it kind of makes sense because the treatment has a lot of references to Japan that. Seem like the writer seems more familiar with Japanese culture and landmarks than they necessarily do with Batman or at least the Batman TV series. And so this treatment never got anywhere. Um, so we have, it's about 18 pages long, and it outlines this adventure in Japan where um, the commissioner and his, uh, the commissioner is there on business and then um, there is a German scientist who is causing trouble, and lo and behold, he is mind-controlling Godzilla and plans to take over Japan. And so the commissioner calls Batman to the rescue, and Batman comes in on a plane with Robin, and then they try to you know, thwart this, uh, this attack from this German scientist. And so that's kind of what we had to begin with. And so from there... You know, it was how do we make this into a comic book that would have been an adaptation of a movie that never existed? Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So, how did you come to learn about the Batman meets Godzilla script treatments and and 
what made you decide to turn that into a comic? That was a good question. So I first learned about it from another podcast. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey, who's a comedian, has a podcast about old Hollywood. And his co-host, Frank Santo Padre, was interviewing a Batman um, um, graphic artist, Chip Kidd. I think a lot of people know Chip Kidd. He's done several Batman books, including um, Batman manga, like bringing that into uh, the U.S. And so they were talking uh -huh. about Batman and Frank Santo Padre raced this movie, this unmade movie, Batman Meets Godzilla. And Chip Kidd, who is an expert on Batman, had never even heard of it. Um, so it was, <laughs> <laughs> and so it was, uh, so I, you know, I had my attention and then another fan of the podcast named Brian Richard, who is an artist. Um, he was on the, on the forum and mentioned that he had found the treatment, the original treatment, which was in the Dozier archives and wanted to know if anybody was interested in helping him do something with it. And so I raised my hand and we kind of, the adventure began from there. And, you know, we were able to secure the treatment. The, the, the people at the archive were very kind and shared it with us. And um, from there, it was, you know, it was a very bare bones script. And some of it, if, if you know about how movies are made, you know, treatments are kind of the, uh, a collection of great scenes. These are cool things that could happen in the context of this meeting. And then not everything makes sense. Not everything is finished, you know, and there's a little bit of dialogue, not a lot, um, you know, and then in terms of making a movie, things change from a treatment to the first draft of the script to third draft of the script. And so you're on the set filming, things continue to change. And so there's a natural evolution of, of for a movie. And so, you know, you start with this treatment idea, which is what we did. And then we evolved it to, okay, if this were made into a movie, and the producer, like William Dozier, was involved. What things could have happened, and how would that have changed the script and then the resulting movie? You know, so just for an example, the villain in the treatment is this, you know, generic German scientist. And if anybody's watched the TV series, knows that we always have these flamboyant uh, characters that are, yeah. you know, typically taken from the comic book. Not always, but typically taken from the comic book. So. You know, the first thing I was kind of thinking about is how could we, you know, bring in a known Batman villain who kind of fits that mold of a scientist, evil scientist, and that's where we came up with, um, with Strange, um, and he fit the bill perfectly. In fact, that's awesome, dude. Yep. Over to Zach. Yeah, I love the inclusion of Hugo Strange when it first showed him in Shadow. I was hoping that's who it would be. And I liked the illustration of him matching the uh, the original like look of him from those first few appearances in Detective Comics. So I thought that was cool. I love the purple pants. Um, <laughs> so Eric, uh, <laughs> let's see, could you share with us how you and Ian uh, began working together? And uh, Ian, you can chime in too. What's the collaboration process been like? So I'll let I'll tell you what. So Ian, what you why don't you explain how I roped you with other artists into doing this project? <laughs> yeah, that's the key word. He roped me in. <laughs> what happened was I was on Facebook looking for cartoonist jobs, and I see this card. I see this ad, and it had the words Batman and Godzilla. I was like, okay, I have to actually 
type in and see what this is about. So I read a brief description of the story. I was like, you know what? Let me just throw my two. Let me just throw my name into the hat. Let me just run it back. Five minutes later, I get a response saying, "Welcome aboard." I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> You're hired." <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. So, so that was basically how it happened. So I had uh, a friend of mine, uh, Kerouac, who does the covers um, for the for them. He's done the first one, the second one, and the third one. He he did the um, you know a cover for issue one that you know was kind of hey this is what the movie could be or the comic book could be you know who who out there would be interested in joining us and this fan comic is. You know, we're not making money off of it. Nobody's making money. It's just for fun, for the fans, written by fans, drawn by fans. And so, you know, Kerouac did a great job with that first cover. And, you know, there's so much love for Batman and Godzilla that I was fortunate to have other artists, you know, who were interested in jumping in like Ian. And so, you know, it's a collaborative process. It couldn't have been done without the Internet and been done without <laughs> Facebook and, and Twitter and you know instant messenger i do so much of the work with instant messenger and uh, communicating with these artists and so that's kind of how it began in terms of becoming real so we had the treatment and the idea was it would be great if we could use it as a showcase for artists and and let them show off their talents and then be fun to do this story with you know how often do you get to do a, a story about batman and godzilla who were two of my favorites uh, growing up and so, you know, fortunately, there's a lot of love for those characters and, you know, and some great talent, too, because, you know, obviously we got some great artists who jumped in and really made this come to life. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Sweet. And can you tell us some about about your something about the other collabor collaborators who are uh, a part of Batman meets Godzilla? I saw that one of the guys worked on Two Rock. <laughs> That's right. You're talking about Howard Simpson. Yeah, uh, he was he was in you know he worked with Jim Shooter on Jim Shooter when he left Marvel. He started his own company, and so a young Howard Simpson. Uh, he probably won't like me saying that, but it was in the '90s, so it's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, he was one of those artists, and uh, and I love hearing stories about that time. Jim Shooter is actually a hero of mine, um, and so you know. Um, Howard told me that it was a bit a bullpen situation, like the old days of Marvel. So all the artists were sitting in bullpens working together and doing those um, early um, um, drawing a blank on the name of the of the publisher. Um, and nobody's going to help me out, uh, but it was Jim <laughs> Shooter's uh, Malibu uh, Comics, the now defunct mm, Malibu Comics. No, that's not it. Um, okay, <laughs> never mind. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I, I was hoping the man who knows too much would jump in, but we're. Uh, <laughs> this is about Batman. If it's not Batman related, I Batman. know too little. It's, it's not. It's not. It's easy. I finally, I finally found an area. Uh, so anyway, um, so so um, Howard Simpson, a professional artist. Uh, I mentioned Kerouac. He came to my attention. He was doing some fan comics for the Masked Toy line. That was a cartoon he did um, by himself. This really great. Um, fan comics. He's got a real commercial style. Um, and Brian Richard, who helped get this started by finding the treatment, um, he goes by Monkey Man on on Twitter. Um, he's he's contributed some art as well. Um, Rodney Rodas, who did this shirt, and um, is nice. 
yeah, he's he's our he's our spiritual leader. He's a great guy, and he's out there on Twitter as well. Does a lot of art, um, and so there was. I mean, there's a dozen artists. Um, you know, every issue we credit the artists and and show everyone how to reach out to them. And I encourage everybody to. You know, everybody has their favorite. Um, you know, everybody. Yeah, every artist gets a spotlight and gets to show off what they can do. And so it's real easy to reach out to these guys. They, they love uh, to hear from their fans and stuff. So I, I encourage you. But this is a, one thing I'll say, this is a global project. We got people in the UK, in Egypt, Costa Rica, Canada, both sides of the <laughs> New York, California. Uh, so it's, it's every, I'm in Texas. Um, you know, so it's nice. Yeah, so we're everywhere just putting this together. And I would be remiss if I didn't uh, mention uh, um, Paul Brian McCoy, who helped with some of the writing duties. He's helping us on Batman Enigma as well, doing some scripting on issue two. Um, we had Josue Cabero, who I, I, I famously mispronounced as Josu Cabero in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, Mohammed Rex, um, who's a fan favorite, does this super hyper detailed renderings from Egypt. Um, just amazing. Um, so, and we got a new guy coming on this issue, uh, Dane Amiote. I'm probably mispronouncing his last name. Sorry, Dane. Uh, but he's really cool to check out. He's doing a Spider Man 94 fan comics. He's done two issues of those that are really great. If you like that animated series that ran on Fox when uh, I was in college, but some of your listeners probably were kids. Um, so, so there's a lot of talent on the books. Like I said, it's, it's a dozen or more, <laughs> a dozen or more artists and, and they're, they're all awesome. And I, I, they're all, the other thing too, is they're all easy to work with. Um, we couldn't have done this comic, uh, with, you know, attitudes or, you know, difficult people or anything. They're by super, of course. they're just awesome. Except for Ian, except for Ian. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Okay, check out the door. All right, so don't bring any of that. I guess you kind of answered a little bit of this when you brought up the Hugo Strange stuff, but mm -hmm. my next question was how true in some ways does the comic stay to the original script treatment? I know that there's some stuff in the treatment, at least that people say, where there's like Batman and Robin running around naked in some sort of bathhouse, which obviously is not an issue too. Did not make <laughs> it. Who <laughs> yeah, wrote so that? Did somebody write that? I mean, uh, of, so, of course somebody did, but uh, was there a Japanese writer wrote that part? I'm assuming. I'm assuming that didn't come from an American writer. Like I said, so the treatment is, is a mystery who the writer of the treatment was. There's uh, rumors that it was Sekizawa who wrote a lot of the, bat, um, the Godzilla movies. Um, and so in the treatment, there's some odd things. So there's a scene where... Batman and Robin stripped down to their undies to go into a bathhouse. <laughs> to, in the, Dude, in the, this is in bringing the me back, of, man. In the so... course of chase, chasing after a vil the villains, and uh, and I was like, well, we don't. That's not necessary. <laughs> so I, so I, I figured that wouldn't have made it to the Robin. screen. <laughs> the so when I was getting into anime when I was a kid, and I rented a Street Fighter anime, not the movie one that's fucking badass, but it was a one of the episodic ones. And if you know Street Fighter, right, the video game, mm -hmm. Ken and Ryu in that go into a bathhouse together, and they're naked in that too. And I was just thinking, what am I watching? <laughs> but 
Your parents I mean, walk in right at that point. Yeah. I mean, those scenes, those scenes are a. It's more normal there, but b. I mean, it's there's those scenes I think are probably written for girls to giggle at too. But but it's funny that this to see this that was a, maybe a part of Batman meets Godzilla at one point. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of you know, it's fun. It's some kind of humor trying you know to inject and seeing the guys in the boxer shorts. You know, I think that you know there was an episode of Batman series where they were stripped down to their boxer shorts. So I don't know. Is it was the humor of his yeah. time. But so that didn't make it into the uh, the, the comic, <laughs> kind of... and I would I would have I would have I would have hoped it would have made it into a movie, uh, but you never know. So there was other things too. So um, you know, for instance, uh, Ian Miller designed a new Batman uh, Batmobile for the the comic, which is beautiful. Um, so in the the treatment, the Japanese build an exact replica of the Batmobile from the TV series, you know, from, from Gotham City. They just rebuild the same one. It's like, well, it would be more fun if we get a Japanese car. And and so that's so we basically adapted, you know, what was an experimental vehicle and to a, a new Batmobile. And it's the, uh, I'm trying to remember. Oh, What's yeah. that? Yeah. We act, we were going to pull up that image for the YouTube. Oh, yeah, great. Actually, we, we pulled it up because that was one of uh, the notable things that we were going to talk about was this new Batmobile that's part of it. So, uh, so I'm just going to be pulling that if up. If you're yeah. listening just to the podcast version, we're going to do a little visual here real quick with our new system. Um, hold on a second. God. All right. We're going to figure this out someday. All right. Yep. So uh, the next one. Go. Okay. Yes. Yep. So for the listener that's on audio only, it's like a very streamlined kind of '60s look, and but it's blue. and it's blue, and it has the bat as like a Batman head with his white eyes on the front and between the headlights. Um, yeah. So it's 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 kind of based off the '66 version, but a little different, right? And then is that I don't know how to describe that at the at the back there. It's it's, its own wings. So the so the what you're seeing in the back is a glider hanging on the wall, and yeah. then oh, the, gotcha. okay. yeah, and so yeah, so the image is if if it were zoomed in, you could, it would be easier to tell. But so basically, the car has a couple of a there we go. Oh, there we go. Yeah. And so so the car has a, a couple of ah. um, <laughs> in, inspirations, and so one is the 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 actual Japanese car that it's based off of. And then, you know, we have some of the highlights from, you know, the Batmobile that was in the series, including, um, you know, the windshields, the double windshields um, in front of the seats. Um, and then you see the, the Bat emblem on the front is kind of a hallmark from the Batmobile from the comics at the time. Um, and so, you know, it was, you know, this is Ian's baby here. Uh, Ian, you have anything else you want to add on that? The the, the entire uh, thought process by behind the design was we wanted to make sure it was a it was pretty much him evolving. Mm-hmm. His technology is evolving. The cars are evolving, and we want we both felt we we wanted something sleeker than the '66 car. And I love that Batmobile. You know, it's a great Batmobile, but we want something. Much sleekier, have a little bit more of an edge. So he picked yeah. 1969 uh, Toyota uh, car, a Japanese line that was experimental. I was like, you know, if we could take off the top half of that, just put you know our Batmobile stuff on it, it looked you'd have a great looking Batmobile. 
Yeah. And I think it's it the car awesome, that, it, yeah, it was amazing, amazing design. And I think, um, you know, the car itself, um, I'm going to, I'm going to say this wrong. Cause I don't have my notes in front of me, like XT one or something like that. And it, be, and it ended up becoming like the Celica, I believe. And so, ah. so it's got some great lines to it and, uh, Ian really brought it alive. But that, I think that was the right thing to do is to create our own Batmobile. If you got a chance to create your own Batmobile, do it. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, and, you know, it's kind of funny because we did this, which is kind of a street, it's kind of got like a streetcar look to it. And then you see the new Batman's going to like a streetcar based uh, Batmobile. Right, we, right, we, right. We, we beat them to it, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was, you know, so that's the difference. We also introduced a new Bat um, Copter and a, and a oh, new yeah, motorcycle. Well. Yeah, a new motorcycle for Batgirl, which also, which Ian also designed. Um, so that was different. And then the, you know, some of the riddles and stuff that were in the, I rewrote the riddles. Um, so if you like them, yay on me, if you don't, uh, you know, my fault too. <laughs> <laughs> and so we wrote that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other thing too, is like, we basically ran out of story with issue two. Um, so mm-hmm. issue two is basically <laughs> as far as, is, is basically as far as the treatment goes, um, Godzilla's captured and you know what and then strange is he dropped off of a building and dies kind of almost like Batman 89 you know and so <laughs> he loves and, throwing his bad guys off buildings he, yes he doesn't kill people they just die around just him. Die. <laughs> strange has a thing in his pocket that just keeps saying strange or does Godzilla noises in his pocket as he's people just exactly. die around him I don't know it's not my fault <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, um, I, I forget the point I was. Oh, so 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 we kind of ran out of story with issue two, and so one of the challenges I had was how do we do a third issue? <laughs> we ran out of story, and so uh, you know, and you know, there's all, all obviously there's all kinds of ways you could go. There's so many great ways you could go about um, continuing the story. And so issue three will be coming out uh, probably about September. We're looking at fall release. Um, got some great artwork coming in. I'm really excited. I think the artwork looks better than anything we saw in issue one or in issue two, which is a high hurdle. Issue two was amazing. Um, so issue three, uh, you'll have to read issue three to see how we resolve it. But um, yeah, I will spoil a little something here and say that we will see Godzilla again. Um, yes. Oh, good. Well, you need it. You need that. <laughs> <laughs> so we, had so a, we end, oh, go ahead, go we, ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, we end issue two with Godzilla frozen and, you know, insta-freeze. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't keep a, 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 a monster down, you know, he's going to come back. And so, and so how we resolve that and how we handle Strange and all that, um, you know, you just got to come in for issue three and see. I had a question a little bit off our script real but, quick, but... Yeah. Uh, like I think for me, what could be the most interesting? I know it's Batman sixty six, and like Godzilla wasn't too deep after a certain point. But like, mm-hmm. what could be interesting about this is like how eventually, and maybe this gets into spoiler territory. But how does Batman see Godzilla? Like, are we going as deep as like the metaphor for the A bomb for Japan, and like uh, what hath nature wrought? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, has man overstepped its boundaries 
as as far as like uh, encroaching upon nature too much, and Godzilla is that equalizing force that essentially kills enough humans so that man can exist uh, in balance with nature and does all that kind of shit. I'm telling you, I love this deep shit with Godzilla, and if any of that could seep in to this storyline, yeah. Like if Adam West could just say some kind of shit in like, I don't know. Is there anything along those lines? Are you heading toward that at all with this? Yeah. So if you're asking if we get a Adam West monologue about, <laughs> you know, where, where, we, where, where we take all the lessons that we've learned in the three issues, and, you know, we, we put it out there specifically for the reader to digest. Yes, we do. We do, we do have, okay. we do have that. And, and, and it's important okay. because nice. I mean, it's, a, it's a hallmark from the series, but I mean, I, I would just say that I mean, even in issue two, you get the sense, you know, where we got Godzilla, he's frozen and Robin asked, you know, got, uh, asked Batman, what will, you know, what will they do? What should we do with Godzilla? And, but, you know, Adam West says, you know, this is, you know, this is for the Japanese people to decide. Perhaps they will uh, find a place for him to hibernate in peace or rest in peace, you know. Yeah. And so you get the sense even there that he sees Godzilla perhaps as a victim of Strange right. and as a part of nature and, you know, not necessarily a malevolent force. Um, but. Yeah, so we do we do uh, get into some of that. Not maybe as metaphysical as, as Andrew I like. Wants, that's but... that's enough though. <laughs> I, I think for me, that's I think that's good. I like that. I mean, nineteen sixty six, both the Batman franchise and the Godzilla franchise. I don't think they were prepared for such level of depth that you're asking. Well, the but... first movie yeah. is <laughs> the first movie. The first Godzilla movie sort of hints at a lot of that depth. It's there in the first Godzilla film, but once once you get into like especially 70s Godzilla, it had become a kid's property. For sure, for uh, sure. But the thing is, for me, you guys don't know probably, but I lived in Japan from 2006-2009. Um, I came to know the culture a little bit more that way. And one thing I'll say, I think the Japanese are extremely good at infusing um, a lot of meaning and depth into something that is very seemingly on the surface dumb as fuck. Like bad uh, like a like a big like a big lizard attacking a city, right? Yeah. So uh, I like that all of that is in there, and the way that the Japanese see nature also, mm -hmm. uh, and a city, and a and a, of course a, a, cult, a whole country that have been bombed mm -hmm. uh, by a new force, the atom force. Uh, you know, all that's in, in the collective unconscious at the time because the first Godzilla movie came out like, what, 54? Mm -hmm. They were bombed in, what, 48 or something? It wasn't that long. So mm -hmm. uh, there's really a lot of deep stuff there for Godzilla. So, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I appreciate this combination of elements, so I'm excited for this series. Yeah, I did. Thank you so uh, much for that. Yeah, uh, I did get a bit of a preview as well. You sent it over to me of issue three of the art and the, the yeah, writing, yeah, yeah. and I definitely think it's going to be the best issue out of the three. It's it's awesome. it's a really solid conclusion, I think. To, and a lot of it is, you know, from from you guys because of the fact that the original treatment doesn't really provide much of an ending outside of what we already saw in the previous issues in one and two. So, but this was supposed to be a movie that is the second Adam, like after. Uh, 
he's like some days he just can't get rid of a bomb. The one after that is was supposed to be this. That's the timeline. Yeah, though, I don't know if it's really you could say it's we don't know so much as it's just another installment. We okay, don't know. We don't know. Okay. All we know is that there's this treatment that was found in the Dozier archives in Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. And so we don't know much more about it. There's, you know, there's supposedly a Japanese version of the treatment. And, and there's been some images published in some fans, you know, some magazines in Japan. I've heard um, that they may be falsified. You know, they may be fake. It may be fake news. And so we uh, don't know. <laughs> good to be skeptical. So that comes good. up a lot we don't, with these we, Batman things. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we don't know 100% on it. And so, like, in my world, um, the, they decided to make more movies. And, you know, they decided that... They decided after the TV series went off the air that, you know... So, supposedly, you know, the sets were destroyed. And so, they decided, well, you know what? We'll just take it to Japan. We won't need the sets. <laughs> and we'll just <Wow>. do... <laughs> We'll do all, you know, on location and it'll, and we'll, you know, uh, partner up with Toho and use their studios and their facilities and we'll pull off a, a, another caper. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that's just a alternate universe that uh, could have, you know, could have happened, I guess. James Bond was in Japan at this time too, right? Yes. You are yeah. twice, yeah. So this was also like in the American uh, Western zeitgeist as well, like uh, popular heroes going to Japan. So this is not really totally out of the question on a producer. Mm-hmm. If we put our producer caps on, so right. I'm sad it wasn't made, honestly. Well, James Bond is dealing with ninjas, and Batman is dealing with the radiation fallout with Godzilla, so maybe they should have switched that. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> James Bond versus Godzilla. <laughs> Either way, I guess. Meets Godzilla, meets not versus. Godzilla. Yeah, meets yes, 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 meets. yes. Meets. Yes. And so uh, that's, but, it's, it's interesting yeah. that you brought that up, because I did watch, the, I rewatched the James Bond movie just to tried to avoid the plots and storylines that mm. occurred. So for instance, you know, in the treatment, um, strange has got a layer in Mount Fuji and, uh, yeah. And so, you know, the ending of, you know, so you, in the bond movie, there's a layer in the, in the mountain, the volcano and all that kind of stuff. And so I didn't want to replicate that. Yeah, so I, I went a little bit different way. So we ended up in Tokyo Tower, which is a great landmark anyway, and um, made use of that. Plus, Hugo Strange is already bald, so you kind of got the yeah, and Strange thing. <laughs> well, that you know, that's a good yeah, point. That's true. <laughs> Might as well just give him a cat. Yeah, what? Well, I mean, this is close, huh? <laughs> is Hugo Strange based on Blofeld? <laughs> Hugo Strange came hey, first. Yeah, yeah. oh, he <laughs> did. So well, oh, yeah. So, yeah, he had to. So the novels, though, so the the original Ian Fleming novels probably were fifties. Yeah. I would, yeah, I would imagine. They didn't say he was bald in that. Yeah, they didn't say he was bald. Yeah, in that. that's that's, it, that's unique to the it, movie. And so Hugo Strange, I think, is from the forties. I, I'm, you know, I don't have my notes at at my hands, but okay. I think he's yeah. early forties. He's a very old character. Yeah. Does, the first does, year of Batman? Yeah. Does so. Adam West? I forget in the movie. He throws the bomb in the water. I know he avoids the ducks, but where does the bomb he, go eventually? He, it's in the water, right? He nails So that nuns. bomb goes off and then upsets Godzilla, bro. So sad. <laughs> That's a connection, man. Direct sequel. Yeah. So the consequences of our actions, Rob. <laughs> Godzilla's like, what? 
Uh, Holy but... napalm nuns, Batman! Batman <laughs> <laughs> yeah, created Godzilla. We've just created Root. It's story. right there. It writes itself. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, oh, I, I do shit. love a lot of the elements you guys added. Uh, Ian, I really love the bat head in the front because I feel like that's the main thing that is missing from a lot of the... We've had so many different Batmobiles on film and nobody's had the guts or the balls to put the bat head on the front <laughs> in live action. I did. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, me, baby. <laughs> it was such a cool moment just to design this car. It, it, because it's mm-hmm. iconic car, but to put a bad head, it also is in line with the toy line that was coming out in the late 60s, early 70s, because if you remember, um, you started to see some of that in the in toy cars. Like in America? The American Batmobile toys? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's also part of the, the early comics as oh, well, yeah. is, is to have that in the front. It just hasn't really been... You know, yeah, 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 yeah. a huge bad head that's like almost like a, like bat a battering head. ram kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. I think the toys kind of streamlined it, or some of the other versions just streamlined it by just having it as like part of the... Yeah. You know, instead of the Mercedes-Benz thing on the front, it's just a bad head. I know, I know. So. How often is he ramming a build? I guess he rammed buildings more back in if the day. Christian huh? Bale or Ben That's Affleck. true, he was <laughs> more than a lot of them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> what am I thinking? <laughs> I'm going to uh, hit him with a big bat head. <laughs> Just in case they don't know who's coming after They're going to... I'm all about stealth, except for the car. Yeah. They're going to fucking know. Uh, anyway, you have the next question, Andrew. <laughs> oh, I'm next again? Shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, we already went over this a little bit, but yeah, if you guys could talk about your individual, respective Batman fandoms and Godzilla fandoms, too. I'm adding that, yeah, then. Yeah, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear about all that. So, the, like, in terms of, of what? Like, in terms of, like, what you like about fan. Batman or, like, how oh, okay. came a comeback. <laughs> my how, how fandom. That, yeah. My yeah, fandom. Your, your fandom, yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, so, the version. So, Adam West was the Batman I grew up with. Um, I yeah. grew up in the, you know, the late 70s. It was all syndicated by then. And so it was in a rerun, so you could watch it every afternoon, and I did. So Adam West was my Batman, and then the Godzilla I grew up with was actually the animated Bat uh, Godzilla nice. from the Saturday morning cartoon. Um, Godzuki, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that that intro's got a great song, man, on that fucking cartoon. Yeah, and so every Saturday morning I was I was parked in front of the TV watching the Godzilla cartoon, and then also. Um, the Shogun Warrior Godzilla. And mm. I, I got that for Christmas when I turned five. I still have it. It's an amaz- my favorite toy of all time. And I loved that thing so much as a kid. So I had all this love for Godzilla uh, from the cartoon and the, and the toy. Um, of course, I, I, you know, I watched the movies. on They would come like on TBS when I was a kid. Um, so I watched, you know, watched those as well. But in my heart, you know, it was uh, the animated Godzilla with Godzuki and the Shogun Warrior Godzilla um, that, you know, I, I loved, so I cherished as a kid. Uh, I guess my, uh, I became a huge fan of Batman because of the Keaton films, the Michael Keaton films, yeah. and then the animated series in the 90s. That, to me, were the definitive versions of the, of the character. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for the Adam West version of the character, I didn't get into his version until, like, I had seen the show on the Sci-Fi Channel when they used to show that, and I was like, 
this is great. You know, even though it's very colorful, it's very, you know, the villains are more you know, big area. I was like, there are a lot of jokes in this. I, I, didn't, care. I didn't care. As uh, for Godzilla, I, I appreciate him a bit more later in life when I started watching the original films. I don't watch the 98 version. I don't watch <laughs> I don't think you're alone. In that. That terrible, man. That's so, the most hated one. It, yes, it is. And I remember, remember the film being, you know, promoted constantly during that time. I was like, this this looks terrible. This looks horrible. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it this yeah. afternoon, right now. <laughs> you like it? That was like the first, one of the first Godzilla things I saw as a kid. That was my and first I was Godzilla so as well. excited about it. I would go see it. I, I want to see George Clooney's Batman punching that <laughs> Godzilla right now. Oh, well, They're in the same real. universe. Yeah, there's our next People project, Ian. <laughs> there's the, the next one. He's Godzilla. like, I quit. <laughs> Batman 66 versus Godzilla 98. I don't even think about it. <laughs> George, George Clooney versus Batman 98. We're going to make that happen. That is true. It is, it is the Batman and Robin of Godzilla films. <laughs> True. So make sure you really capture the head bobble with Clooney there. The <laughs> <laughs> and then Godzilla's like, huh? Cocks his head. Final um, issue is him versus those Velociraptor type baby Godzillas. That there you go. Alley, where I'm just like, this is Jurassic Park now. I, I tried to forget that. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish. I wish that was man. But they were. But they were right. Terrible, it, if you if you if you saw Cloverfield, that that was the way to go. They just didn't. They just used the wrong property. <laughs> Yep. And now that yeah. man's directing Batman. Did Matt, Matt Reeves do Cloverfield? Yeah. Yes, he did. Shit. No. I never saw Cloverfield, actually. I didn't awesome. either. Awesome. Okay. Come on. It's underrated. <laughs> it's definitely worth it. Yeah, watching. I really love it. I mean, if, if it's Matt Reeves, I'm into it. I mean, his yeah. those second, the second and third uh, Apes movies that he did are fantastic, right? I mean... You care more it's about those damn monkeys than watching a good movie <laughs> like Cloverfield. Have you seen the Planet of the Apes reboot trilogy? I haven't. I told you. I have I have a real thing about apes and stuff. I just don't like them. Don't Are you them. serious? I just, I've never heard this before. Yeah. It, look, Andrew's memory is very fuzzy. He's got to go back and listen to the first all. episode where they interviewed me, and he asked me about that, and I said the same thing. I... I don't like King God. Kong either. There's something about the apes. I don't really. I just don't like them. Yeah. So Damn dirty apes. Yeah, I was rooting for Godzilla. Godzilla. You're right. <laughs> well, Matt Matt Reeves doesn't do the first one. I don't I forget who did that one, but in no, the reboot trilogy. Else, yeah. But goddamn, those were some of the best movies I saw that those years. Yeah. It's funny because yeah. I, I did want to bring you guys on earlier when Godzilla versus Kong was coming. I'm just like, oh, this fits in nicely. It's like coming HBO Max is like a week after the Snyder Cut. I'm like, oh, well, that's really uh, yeah. good. That's a little Kong. I didn't I think you're still doing that. You're still doing those uh, episodes on Schneiderverse, right? I we think just I know. Uh, we we're just have, finished. We are releasing our final episode in that <laughs> coming up. But uh, yes. But uh, I think but, I, I listened no, to like this the coming out 12 hours. That. I think I listened to the 12 hours of the Schneiderverse <laughs> episodes. Yeah. Part 16. They, they were great. Yeah. yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Uh, I love. I love. Yeah, I'm, a, a, I'm a fan of the show. Obviously. Uh, oh, really? Then, That's I, awesome. Yeah. In fact, I mean, how I came across you guys was when I was doing my research um, for the Batman Enigma project, the Burton Batman comics, where 
I started researching the scripts for the movies that weren't made and then came across this podcast that you guys have. And, um, you know, and just hours and hours and interviews and all that great material. I mean, that's scholarly stuff. I mean, that's stuff that people 20 years from now will go back and, and come across and for research. Cause that was very deep research that you guys were doing. Um, and I made it into a comic, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, it was, <laughs> evergreen. Yeah. It, evergreen, but seriously, material. I mean, I mean, like when you look at the resources that are out there, you have so much stuff that is, you know, rumor and conjecture, but you guys do your homework. I mean, you know, Ben, who knows too much about Batman, he really does know too much about Ben. Batman, I'm, I'm, I'm worried for the man. Uh, but Not he, enough about Howard Simpson. Uh, yeah, I'm worried too. <laughs> and so, I mean, so I, I, I do want to say I'm really happy to be on the show, and I was yeah, fan of, of you, a fan of the podcast. Uh, I've listened to hours and hours and hours of you guys, and you know, I'm I'm thrilled to be here. But like seriously, with the stuff that you know, the research that you've done will aid writers, you know, like myself. But probably even people you don't yeah, even know, you may true. never know that Matt Reeves listened to your podcast, so he knew what to write in his Batman uh, movie. We'll just say that it was all us. Yes. <laughs> if, if it's good, <laughs> if it's good, then yes. <laughs> I've heard, really I've heard that, of uh, the members of Metallica sometimes look up how to play videos of their more obscure of Metallica songs because they themselves have forgotten <laughs> some of the songs they don't play that much. They have to. I, and, yeah. and I know I know that's true for a fact because Getty Lee, the basis for Rush, if you guys... Yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. So anyway, um, so, well, you, you know, they have know, impossible that, yeah. to... They have impossible to play songs like Metallica does. Yeah. And so they have yeah. to relearn their songs every time. They, they're no longer touring, but they would have to relearn their songs. It's just impossible Rush to remember. Rush is another level. Rush is another level, probably right. From they don't they don't call Metallica prog rock. Rush is prog rock. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but Rush is known to be very complex, right? Yeah, especially there. I mean, we're gonna we talked about Sugar Warriors. We'll talk about Rush. We'll hit all my favorite topics. Rush is nerd <laughs> rock, so that's somewhat. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> They're known for to be nerdy. That's right. And they're going to be on the Batman Enigma soundtrack. <laughs> if you have one, that'd be that'd, awesome. And then we can just sweet. listen to it while we read it. That would be cool. Amazing. But uh, yeah, no, Eric, thank you very much for uh, those comments oh. on that. We definitely want to Go try ahead. our best to basically keep it to the facts and try to separate it from because there's so many IMDb rumors and stuff that yeah. you can't like, go by that shit. What actually happened. And so a lot of this podcast came about because of my desire to just be like, well, no, Max Shrek wasn't originally Harvey Dent, and all that other stuff that like people keep saying that <laughs> yeah. is all over online and stuff. And so it's, it's hard to avoid. And I'm sure I'm sure that I'm not 100 percent clean in this, um, you know. But you know, like it, with the like I said, the, the research that you do is amazing. The the interviews that you guys have done is amazing. Uh, even reading those novelizations that you <laughs> you know you went through the novelizations, <laughs> and I listened to every word of those. And, you know, and there's all these good nuggets and stuff. I mean, I'll just, I'll just give you an example. You guys did the interview with the, the bachelors, um, who did yeah. the script, um, the original script for Batman forever. It might've been like Batman continues or something in his original script form. I forget. Um, and so they it's talked Batman about 3. stuff. Yeah. Okay. Batman three. And so they talked about, you know, some stuff that didn't make it into the movie, like Enigma and Bruce Wayne being boarding school, 
you know, being in boarding school together. So I brought that into Batman Enigma just because I thought it was a cool idea. Yeah. Um, and I wouldn't have done that if I hadn't heard that interview. Nice. Awesome. I have one question, though, since you're a listener. Do you listen to the sketches? <laughs> <laughs> the, the, well, you know, honestly, I was hoping you guys would do a sketch from the stuff I wrote. I thought there's some good lines that you guys, I mean, like, there's not enough cursing in them, I know, but we could beef it up. <laughs> we could <laughs> add it. <laughs> we could add it. So you do listen to them, though. You don't skip. <laughs> he wants us to turn it into it. You can say you skip. I, I've had people I, tell me. I, I was I was hoping you guys would ask me to to do one with you. And well, I, that's going to happen. All right, I'm, I'm there. We, for re- we record. This, I mean, to behind the scenes for us, but we record yeah. the sketches after the main show. So, so now I know, oh. and, and then we put it before. Yeah. The magic right. is ruined. Oh, now yeah. I know Andrew's contribution. That's your. That's that's your. <laughs> that's your. <laughs> 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 I mean, he also only edits is it so, all the episodes. It's so mysterious what I do on the show. <laughs> well, I have to I have to be honest. Like, I was trying to like, who is the who is? I know Ben. Ben says his name. Andrew never says his name. And I, to, I don't I say. Like, oh, I guess I don't. You know, it, go back and listen. You always say is, and with you always is your host, senior Batman. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess I need to. I think, yeah, the very old, the old ones where we go over the '90s Batman and stuff. I think you're just like I'm here with the senior Batman correspondent. Batman. Yeah, that's, I think I've just done again. a done a billion of them so far. I just fucking got over it after. I'm planning <laughs> to go back to that. If you listen to our first first really early episodes before Ben was on, yeah. we were like, this is Andrew from Los Angeles. This is uh, Wolfie from, from Denver. Like, we were from all over the place. Yeah. And we yeah. just kind of stopped doing that after a while. Yeah, yeah, I think no, so. I like, I like listening to Andrew because he reminds me of back home. I'm from Alabama. Um, oh, nice. And, and so I feel connected to Andrew whenever he talks of, like, being back home. Yeah. I know you're not from <laughs> okay. Alabama. You're from Georgia, is that right? I am from Alabama originally, and then I okay. moved to Georgia when I was 13. See? Where, where in Alabama are you from? I'm can from I, the can coast. I ask that? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'm from I'm from Mobile. I'm from the coast. Okay, all right, cool. I was from a little bit north of Montgomery. Yeah, I lived in Montgomery for a while. I lived in Tuscaloosa. Went to school in Tuscaloosa. So okay, been around nice. a little bit, but yeah, ever I, I yeah, so like my homeboy. Okay, cool. All right. It's awesome. Connections are being made. Perhaps we can exchange numbers after the show. I'm supposed to bring levity to the show and learn with the audience. That's the contribution, everybody. You, you do ask the best you ask the best questions, you do. Yeah, that's true. Oh yeah, there you yeah. go. See? Well, again, you also do all the editing and stuff, but Whew, trying like, to fucking lower did, some of that load. I did. I did. I didn't mean to. I, I didn't mean to put you on the defensive. No, no, no. It's okay. It's okay. We're still trying to figure out what Zach does. Anyway, uh, <laughs> those beautiful uh, thumbnails. That is to draw true. in everybody and your Joker voice. So uh, the next question is Zach's question, but in order to set that up, I'd like to go back to that image uh, of Ian's Batmobile because okay. of the fact that in this image that we're going to pull up. We have the Batmobile, we have Batman, we have Robin, uh, but we have one other character as well who seems to be original to this, whom uh, Zach has a question about. That's right. Now, I may pr- mispronounce the name, so you can correct me, but uh, there's a Wayne Labs scientist who builds the new Batmobile named yep. Yoshi Kono in the comic. Yoshi Kono, yep. All right. It also says that it's dedicated to the real man of the same name. Can you yep. tell us a little bit about the real Yoshi Kono and how he came to have a character named after him yeah so that's all me so yoichi was my college roommate 
Um, and so nice. he was, uh, uh, and we're still in touch and everything. Uh, so he's, uh, was a great roommate. He, he came here to study, um, music and business. He's a guitar player and, you know, just an awesome guy. We spent hours watching MTV together back in the early nineties in college as the best roommate. And he, you know, moved back to Japan and works there now. Um, and so, I just wanted to, because we're, you know, I have an opportunity to put new characters into the story from Japan. I was like, I got to introduce sure. my college roommate, Yoichi Koto. And it's such a great name anyway. Uh, but he's a, <laughs> uh, he's a, he's a great guy, smart guy and everything. So that, it was a fun inside joke for myself, basically. But, <laughs> 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 but I, I'm the okay. kind of person who, who will do that. But yeah, so Yoichi's a real person. He's a college roommate. Uh, he was tickled uh, to see himself in the, the comic book. He thought it was great. And, uh, he's actually returning for issue three. So we'll see more of uh, Yoichi. Awesome. Nice. What is? Did you ever get his opinion on Batman in general? Did you have those conversations? I'm interested on Japanese people's opinions on on batman we, ta we talked a lot about guns and roses and guns and, and roses <laughs> okay and, and so not much and, batman and beavis and butthead and uh you know, so, <laughs> the, the important the, stuff yeah <laughs> that's right okay so he liked beavis and butthead quite a bit that's loved funny. it loved it i'd come i'd come home i'd come back to the i'd come back to our apartment uh from class and he'd have Always had Beavis and Butthead on. That's funny. <laughs> I love this American it, show. <laughs> he did. He loved it. And, uh, you know, he and I went and saw um, Megadeth open for Aerosmith um, in Birmingham. Fucking sweet, too. bro. So he was uh, really into uh, music. And so we got along great because I, I like music and play guitar, too. And so we had a great time in college. That's awesome. That's awesome. I. I, so I was living in Japan in 2008 when The Dark Knight comes out, right? And I was trying to gauge people's, uh, what you call it, you know, their interest. And it seemed like it just wasn't that big of a deal. I feel like Batman's really number one in America. but And I've heard this from people in France and shit, too. Like, it's really all about Spider-Man once you get to American comics. <laughs> like, Batman's so big here, but it, for some reason it just doesn't get as big as, as Spider-Man abroad. Because he's an yeah. everyman, you don't well, see his guess, skin or anything. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, I mean, Batman, anyone. Batman has deep roots in Japan going back to the '60s because of the Batman manga, which was popular, yeah. and yeah. then the and then a lot of the toys that came out of um, you know for Batman from the TV series, especially the ten toys and stuff, were produced in Japan and you know even today are highly collectible and valuable and sought after. So they have deep roots to Batman, but Japan got their own Spider-Man, and he had a yeah, giant robot. Yeah, that uh, is true. <laughs> that is true. So, so yeah. you know, in the hierarchy of things in Japan, I'm assuming superhero with giant robot <laughs> is going to be, yeah. you know, the you know Batman. And they all thought it was silly take. too. And then Stan Lee gives it a fucking standing ovation, I think, or at least started, he was clapping yeah. whenever he, they they reviewed the uh, Japanese Spider-Man. So like it, he, it he still, saw it the still worth in it. Yeah, it's it cool. Holds, it's cool for what it is. I would love for there to be like a Batman version. I, they sort of did this with Batman Ninja, the animated one, but mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. to have to have like a live action show in Japan and 
they just go nuts with it like like they did with the with the japanese spider-man like here it is here's the core idea go fucking crazy and just see what they make you know what i mean it, i think well, we could that i would love for that show to exist yeah it will at some point i mean there's every version of batman will exist at some point yeah, if you, it, it's just a question of whether you will live long enough to see it. They're they're just <laughs> Batman will outlive all of us a, yeah, in a true. million incarnations. There will be Batman movies we will never see. Ben, <laughs> we'll be around for the best. Don't say that to Ben. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad. <laughs> yeah. yeah, man. Well, uh, in terms of incarnations, a lot of this has been about the Adam West project and my last question before the break is are you aware or do you know of any other adam west batman films that were not made like adam west batman films or adam west films adam west batman specifically okay um i don't i i i haven't heard of anything else and nobody's mentioned to me any other adam west batman films but i have a suspicion that there might be something out there i haven't heard of there might be. There's at least treatments, I would imagine. <laughs> Ian, do you know Wait. of any of these? Uh, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a crazy thing because since this one treatment has been found, mm-hmm. that has to be something. It just has to be. Yeah. Yep. So, after the break, we will find ah. out what those things are. <laughs> We've been set up. Yeah, I knew We've it. We've been set up. Hey, this is Ben from Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and I have an important announcement for you guys. At the end of every single episode of Superhero Stuff You Should Know, you might hear a shout-out to our fans, one of whom is Matt Herring, who was one of the original Superhouse fans. He's always given us his support, and now it's time that we support him. Uh, We've just recently found out that Matt has been diagnosed with stage 4 colon cancer. And as a cancer survivor myself, I know personally that there's a lot of emotional and financial strain that comes into that. Uh, His wife, Kelly, has set up a GoFundMe account at GoFundMe.com slash F slash Matthew hyphen kicks hyphen cancer 039S hyphen butt. Uh, and hopefully you can help reduce the financial strain to that as well as some of the emotional strain that comes with that. Again, that's gofundme.com slash F slash Matthew dash kicks dash cancer 039S dash butt. Matt Herring was the first, I guess you could say, true Superhouse fan. We were Superhouse at that time. You know, the first fan of this podcast and what we do here and um, has always supported us, talked about us, and um, he's from a town close to where I'm from, and uh, so we share that as well, and just a huge superhero fan, and, you know, nerd like the rest of us, and now he's going through that, and uh, if you could donate just at least any amount of money to that link that Ben just said, that would be truly appreciated just hang in there matt you'll beat this thing soon hi i'm ray and this is my friend alex hi and we do a show called no more whoppers some call it corn we call it therapy we're adults with the virility of men want to hear us read snack food copy and talk about japanese chips too bad join us every month or so on the Greenlight podcast network lord have mercy y'all do you like hounds do you enjoy pooches do you find yourself enjoying time spent with that of canines talking about dogs y'all as you might have heard 
Superhero Stuff You Should Know has now teamed up with BarkBox. For every month, you get a box for your special canine. Pooches. Or hounds. That's right. One free extra month if you go to BarkBox.com slash Superhero Stuff Pod. Follow the link and you'll get a free extra month valued at $35 and valid for all multi-length plans. So get the BarkBox for your hound, for your pooch, for your canine. Your doggo will thank you. Ha ha! You'll never catch me, you big old bat boobs! Ha ha! Quick, Robin! Hugo Strange is running into that bathhouse. After him! Jumpin' Jehoshaphat! Robin, it's a bathhouse. We must stick to the cultural norms of this city. I have no problem disrobing! Robin, you seem to be very excited. I'm not excited at all. This is my flaccid penis, Batman. That is you, limp? Yes! This thing is a burden! All right, well, one must not get distracted. Let's go after Hugo Strange. Hey there! My word, you've gotten naked! Well, this is gonna be fun. Here's my greased-up sumo wrestlers. Uh, get em, boys! Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> Robin, you have to take them down with your humongous bat-dog. No problem! Have at thee! Gives a new uh, meaning to the swinging 60s, huh, boys? Ha-ha! <laughs> you won't get away with this, Strange. Well, you still have to put on your bat panties. <laughs> He's faster than us because you have some extra weight pulling you back, Robin. I usually have this thing bunched up. It's got the wind resistance. I have some pills from the Catholic League that could help with that. Fuck no! I'll add, have you add to the swear jar later. Towards the end of the bathhouse, maybe we can finally find a way to stop him and stop Godzilla. Leaping lizards! We're so close! There's Godzilla. Holy shit! Wait, why is he running away? He seems to be scared of- Oh, I know what he's scared of. Hi, I'm Ian Miller. And I'm Eric Elliott from your favorite fan comics, Batman Enigma and Batman Meets Godzilla, and you're listening to Superhero Stuff You Should Know. Alright, welcome back to Superhero Stuff You Should Know, and as promised, we're going to cover the other unmade Adam West Batman films, specifically ones that Adam West was trying to get off the ground in the 80s. So this is around the time where... In between car shows. In between car shows. Okay, yeah. Where they were going to do the Michael Keaton, Tim Burton Batman, West still wanted to come back in some way. Okay. He obviously wasn't going to be a part of the Tim Burton Batman film and then when we talked to Wally Wingert he suspected that even though he may have been offered the role of Thomas Wayne he didn't like the idea of hey here's the Batman you grow up with so that we can shoot him in front of you so uh, <laughs> and I can kind of see his point on that but, yeah that uh, wouldn't uh, have been good Adam West brings up uh, in an interview in 1989 in June on Rolling Stone issue 55 he brought up his idea to bring back his Batman so think of this as the bright night returns what year what year is this issue again 1989 1989 okay it's it's basically the same month that the the movie is coming oh right yeah 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 okay so here's West's idea to bring back his Batman very different from Frank Miller's take on uh, the Dark Knight I would assume so here we go Bruce Wayne has retired in a ranch in New Mexico boring Uh, because he's cleaned up (laughs) Gotham City Uh, most of the main villains are already like locked up at this point. So Joker, Penguin, none of them are actually in here. Okay. And West invents a new supervillain for the story because you got to have a villain. I mean, yeah. And his name is Sun Yat Mars. This <laughs> I is I don't know why. Okay. He is so heinous. He inspires 
uh, <laughs> that on one stormy night he creates these minions that he calls Marzies. Because he's uh, all right. Uh, so he kidnaps college kids from all over the world and takes them to his zombie satellite, where he turns <laughs> them into Marzies, into these zombies. And the they, satellite is a zombie. I guess, or it's, he just calls it his zombie satellite because he turns people into zombies. An undead satellite that orbits the this Earth. It does not seem like he thought this through that much. It's only like a paragraph description in the magazine. Uh, he had been huffing too much car cleaner throughout yeah. the 80s with his car shows, bro. It's better when you see it. Uh, but, uh, he says that they march, quote-unquote, like Dracula. I think he means Frankenstein. Yeah. <laughs> no, they hold up capes in front of them. They hold up the capes. <laughs> He says, filing in long lines into these terrible machines that suck their brains out. So, that's the villain's plan in terms of the structure of the story, if there is a story. Suck their brains out. Yes. After they've been zombified. Yes. Uh, So, Bruce... upload them to the satellite? (laughs) I don't know. All right. I don't know if he was thinking through that part. But anyway, he says, Bruce uh, and his girlfriends... Not girlfriend, but girlfriends in the beginning, because he's still appearing in her playboy, Bruce. Polygamy. Okay. uh, They're riding horses (laughs) in the moonlight, and they come across... They come across... Adam West loves this. Bob (laughs) Kane wrote this, ride horses with a lot of women. (laughs) (laughs) They come across... The carcass of a mutilated cow. Okay, shit just got real. A mutilated cow? Okay, <laughs> yeah, this is UFO this, shit. This ain't the 66 show anymore. <sighs> okay. Uh, this is a mutilated cow surrounded okay. by burned grass, and they don't know whether or not aliens have been involved. Uh, or and... somebody had a good time in Texas. <laughs> With a dead cow, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> New Mexico. New Mexico, I'm sorry, yes. yes. Uh, so he decides he's got to go get Dick Grayson out of retirement as well. Dick Grayson, <laughs> at this point, is... "Quote unquote," a singing medical intern. Singing medical intern? Uh, yes. All this time sense. he's still a fucking intern. <laughs> well, maybe he means like intern isn't like doctor, you know, because the interns where they is basically the transition between. He should be a full-on full doctor, doctor now. Actually, yeah. To, to, to your point, Burt Ward at this point in the eighties is what like in his forties at this point, so probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. anyway. He's chasing nurses around with his guitar, apparently, and he's, quote-unquote, the Bruce Springsteen of Mercy Hospital. Uh, <laughs> and they reunite, and they uh, go up against Sun Yat Mars, and that's the movie. So that's the Bright Night Return. Does, does Sun Yat Mars still... look like the Great Gazoo? Dum Dum? I would love that. Um, man, that's great. I like to think <laughs> that uh, Adam West and... Uh, I like to think that Adam West and Burt Ward like put that together themselves like i like yeah. i think burt ward had contribution on that after eating a lot of mushrooms i think i, <laughs> I was gonna say is there any talk of uh burt ward burt ward's um not his dick but uh, the dog food <laughs> he's got that dog food he likes it's to sell promoted at some point in the middle of the thing okay <laughs> that's all he eats at the hospital andrew he's dog food <laughs> That's what I love. It's just as good as human food, Batman. <laughs> this food I give to dogs is just as good for humans as it is for dogs. See? That's right. <laughs> Doesn't seem very nutritious, Dick. Uh, it is, though. It's vitamin fortified. Um, he also writes something called... Super this is Bat. how my dick's so big. <laughs> well, I guess I should try something. <laughs> you need it. <laughs> what are you trying to say, Robin? As high as my voice is, as long as my that's as long as my dick is. Sacrifices we must make. So, 
Uh, <laughs> Sacrifice a sweet mushroom. It'll make your voice higher, but your dick longer. <laughs> Let's go into the next script. So Adam West says, okay, maybe I don't have the rights to do a Batman character, but I can do something similar. So he writes Super Bat. It is a hybrid of Batman and Superman who come from Love another. It. It's Batman who comes from another galaxy. Speeding bullets out. was my idea. <laughs> comes from another galaxy, but he lives, quote unquote, in a vast cave. So it's basically if Superman had a bat cave. All right. So uh, that's Super Bat. And then the last one uh, was like, okay, maybe I can't get a movie, but I can get a musical or a Broadway play. So He's trying, man. He's he, trying anything he, he could. It's going to be called A Night in Wayne Manor would have been a musical. Predates the Batman musical. Check out that episode if you haven't already. Yep. Uh, with Jim Steinman. And uh, there wasn't really anything I could find on that. He just mentioned it in this interview. A Night in Wayne Manor. Who knows how steamy that could have gotten. But anyway. <laughs> they're riding horses in that one too. Let, they wouldn't let Adam West do that because they're just like, it's all about this one Tim Burton movie. Okay. So, I mean, they were going quite a different direction yes. at this point in time. Adam yeah. West and Bob Kane got together and just got high on PCP and started <laughs> writing everything. <laughs> so, I, I do remember, yeah. I do remember that. So, like, in Adam West coming out and being in all depressed about going, you know, that's not Batman. Batman's not dark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, that's true. I yeah, think, but so uh, later he, on in he life, tried to get the spotlight. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, like if he thought he was going to do like a Sean Connery, like I'm going to do my own, you know, 007. Yeah. yeah, at the same right. time you guys have your own. I'm going to do. My, maybe he thought he could pull a Sean Connery and do another Batman movie that ran alongside it. I mean, he was the hottest we'll actor <laughs> in the world, or at least in America, for three years. Yeah. Definitely three years, and sometime after that, and then it's just like. You know, cut off. Really, it feels like. Yeah. You know, didn't do much I mean, after. With the right script, he could have. It could have been an awesome "Never Say Never Again" type of yeah, uh, yeah. reboot of West and Burt Ward for those who grew up with it. But I, I doubt that that would have. Like, we can imagine that, but I, in Hollywood, I feel like it would have been. It's either this or Batman '89. Yeah, yeah Warner Brothers isn't. Yeah, they're they're not keen on that kind of. Thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you just look yeah. at what's going on with Zack Snyder. You know those. You, we don't want to confuse the brand, you know. This is the brand. This is what we're doing, and everybody's on board with that. They they like yeah. to keep it kind of simple. Don't, don't bring on Green Lantern to the end of your Justice League movie, but you can bring on Martian Manhunter, who's been on Supergirl for six seasons. That's yeah, true. that's true. The what is the reason? <laughs> never understand their confusion on some of these topics. I'll never understand it. <laughs> So like you, also, you also can have the Flash, who also has been on the CW for yeah. the past seven years or so. So you know, don't worry about that. DC is pretty much synonymous with the multiverse as well at this point. But you know, whatever. Oh yeah, we forgot about that. So the, it's going to confuse Grandma <laughs> that we care so much well, you about. Know, they did bring Burt Ward into their crisis, their TV crisis. They did. So. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Along with his dog. <laughs> and dog food. Dog is oh, That's right. Was, dog, dog, was his dog food in it? He's in <laughs> Oh man, it's what it's what saves the crisis. Is what the- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if my dog eats this food right now, we will save the universe. The anti-monitor will be destroyed. Here you go, Poochie, Fido. You know his dog has some normal ass names. And then they're like, Bert, that's not in the script. Stop. 
I'm improvising. I'm from <laughs> I'm Batman Robin, 66. Read the script. <laughs> Here, you have these pills. I'm done with them. They're from the Catholic League. Yes. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to branch off a bit from Batman 66 into the next project because Zach has the next question. Yeah. So as we know, Batman meets Godzilla is not the only project you have on your plate. Can you tell us a little bit about your next project or your other project, Batman Enigma? <laughs> nice, bro. Yes, we can certainly talk about it. Um, it is pretty much the unofficial sequel in our mind to Tim Burton's Batman and Batman Returns. And the story takes place a year after the second film. And right now in the first issue, we see Bruce Wayne pretty much in, you know, self-exile at this point. So he's somewhat, somewhat retired. And because of that, Gotham has just gone to hell. There's this new... A group of just uh, called they call themselves the Bat Boys, and they're just attacking you know random criminals, but also homeless people. So suddenly there is now an anti-Batman movement ca- happening in City Hall, and that's being led by Harvey Dent. And as we see in the first issue, we see where Selina Kyle is in this particular time point in her, her life. She's sort of a club owner. She's sort of a she's sort of a lead gangster, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you will see a little. And if you if you read the comic, you'll see a little preview of Nightwing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and of course we see um, Edward Nigma play a huge role in this, and we also see Jonathan Crane in it. I don't want to reveal too much about the plot because. When we get to the second issue, which should come out later this month, you'll see the bulk of what's going to happen. That's going to lead to the third issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a lot uh, that uh, we have to talk about on this because of the fact that there's, uh, as Eric was telling us earlier, there's a lot that was drawn off of some of the previous scripts that weren't made on that. So just right off the top of my head. You know, Sam Hamm's Batman 2 has this whole idea of the Batman copycats that's you know, kind of been inspired by the Sons of Batman and kind of got brought to life in some way in, in the Dark Knight. With Definitely, the yeah. Imposters. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the idea of them being their own self-imposed vigilante gang uh, and also Dick Grayson already kind of being a vigilante on the streets before meeting Batman all sort of comes from that. Uh, right. And of course, you continue the casting of Marlon Wayans as Robin because that was what mm-hmm. was going to happen. In yeah. uh, Batman Returns, but you also uh, gave him your own sort of flair to it, which was uh, he's not Robin, he's Nightwing. That's right cool. Here. Yeah. And then there was also kind of foreshadowing of a certain CW suit uh, that I we beat him to it. Out. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Them to it Again, he does. <laughs> he does look like uh, Cameron Johnson's Batwing. Oh shit! Yeah, I like awesome. I mean, like, hey, maybe if nothing else, they're good ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they must they must be decent enough if other people are uh, you're coming in after us doing them so mm-hmm. but yeah so i mean like my approach to this one was to do a lot of research and you know i was 
you know, I saw Batman 89 in the theater. Um, my dad took me to see it opening weekend. Huge fan. Um, saw Batman Returns in the theater. Huge fan. Um, I actually like Batman Forever, too. I like Val Kilmer. I like his Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah, so no no knock against Val Kilmer. Fuck George Clooney. But Val Kilmer's cool with me. <laughs> and, and so you know, so I wanted to do it just I'm also a big Tim Burton fan. Um love his movies and so I wanted to do it justice. Uh, I mean I'm not a Tim Burton person, um, but I wanted to contribute to that um to to his style of Batman. And so a lot of it was reading the whole scripts to think to see what could have been if, if Burton had continued. And like to me, Sam Hamm had the best version of you know of some of those elements. Like the his version on Robin was the best, and you know there were some scripts where he was introduced as a mechanic, yeah. and you know it, and there was other you know other takes. I mean, you know, people don't know, but Robin was originally intended to be in the '89 movie, and there was just too much going on that they just cut it out. He was intended to be in Returns, I understand, and again, too much going on they cut it out. And yeah. then, you know, and then, you know, Wayans, who was cast, actually got paid. He got bought out. Um, so he made money on, I think, Batman Forever, but he never appeared on screen. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought, you know, if they did make a third movie, maybe Wayans would have been in it. And, you know, but like, what's the less the least convoluted way to get a Robin into the story? You know, and there's like a an an animatic on YouTube, I think it's like a bonus mm -hmm. feature from one of the movies where you see Robin, you know, trying to like there's a circus and he's chasing down Two Face and you know there's a car chase and there's like this crazy set piece and stuff like that and and all of that to me just seemed really contrived and a long way to getting to your story, which was we got a a Nightwing, you know, what we decided to do is Nightwing. Because I thought, I mean, Nightwing just seems like a cooler or a more Burton-esque character than Robin. Robin seems a little too bright for the Burton um, verse. And so Nightwing seemed like a better way to go. And we haven't covered in the story, but kind of like in the back of my head, I have, like, Nightwing is a tribute to, like, his uncle who was a pilot in Vietnam. And they were pilots, you know, mm -hmm. and they were, they were called, you know, the Nightwing, you know, um, Mm -hmm. unit you know so i, I kind of have some backstory to it but he's you know trying to defend his neighborhood from these bat boys so the bat boys serve a purpose in that you know they're giving us a way to introduce nightwing into the story you know they're causing chaos batman's not around he's kind of semi-retired he's you know because if you, you know the other thing too is i really wanted to take into account the repercussions of returns and so bat batman is considered a murderer in batman returns uh yeah, the Ice Princess that he's blamed for, he's never cleared of that. Um, and so, in my mind, he, he lays low after that. You know, and then the other thing, too, you had Penguin that went you know, collecting the first words of Gotham, and, you know, and then all these people. <laughs> and, and at the end of the movie, Max Shrek is dead, and Rob, um, sorry, the Penguin's dead, and all these deaths are everywhere, and all this terrible. So I, I figured that there would be a reaction. You know, the city would just start cracking down on vigilantes and these crazy personalities. And so, Bruce decides to lay low, um, but you, you need a reason to get him out to be Batman because this is a Batman story. And so Selena Kyle, who we also wanted to bring into, um, you know, because we, in my mind, like Catwoman, uh, she is a DC Comics character, but the Catwoman that we saw on the screen was a Burton, you know, is a Burton creation. Yeah. It is very much a Burton creation. I think bringing her into 
you know, what would have been a third movie just makes perfect sense. Um, I know there were scripts out there for a Catwoman movie with um, Michelle Pfeiffer written by one of the screenwriters uh, for. Yeah, thank you. But like it was. Sorry, Dan, but like the craziness with the superhero city. I think he. I think he would admit it's not. Kind of it was kind of. I think he did. I think he did it for the money. I think he would admit that it was just kind of something he put down. Just would have never gotten filmed. People have it. Yeah. It's worth. It's worth looking into just because it's crazy. The craziest thing you ever heard. Uh, so, you know. Anyway, so that wasn't that didn't fit for us. I think like just bringing her in. And then to me, it was like, what's the most inter- interesting way to introduce her? And so if you read the comic, you'll see that um, it's, you know, Michelle Pfeiffer. We get to see a little bit of the actress and what, you know, what she's good at. And then we get to see, you know, some ex- some action and excitement. And everything's just kind of setting up to um, issue two where we just get, it's just all action. Issue two is just all action. It's Batman, Catwoman crazy we get to see um scarecrow and you know everything everything you'd want to see in kind of a burton batman movie awesome. it's right out of my mouth nice <laughs> uh i think i also saw on twitter that your scarecrow who we see a little bit of in uh issue one is uh based off of the schumacher casting of nicholas cage is that correct yeah. That's funny, but yeah, because I did when we talked about casting Scarecrow, I didn't realize that Nicolas Cage was in the running for Scarecrow, and so like throughout a couple different names, um, Christian Slater. I like Christian Slater because he was kind of a '90s actor, you know, at the time, um, and I liked. I actually had um, a version of Scarecrow that Johnny Depp could have played. So I had this idea of Scarecrow as a Native American, and so I had this. I wrote this or I wrote it out, and it was like ten, it was like ten pages long. It was like it's too much, but like I had this idea of Scarecrow as being the grandson of a like a, a Native American shaman, and that he learns how to you know use these shaman abilities to mind control people. Um, and there's this whole story about him being, you know, a picked on high school student and he's running back home and like these kids that are tormenting him, you know, they start, you know, the scarecrows, you know, are coming out of the sky and attacking these kids and, you know, and then his, wow. yeah, and then his grandfather, so that was kind of like waking him up and his grandfather takes him to, you know, this, this mountain to do, to have like, uh, a dream quest and, you know, that he raises him, teaching him of how to be a shaman, plus using like his, you know, he's a, he's a brilliant chemist as well. And using science plus the Native American mysticism and everything. And then I had like this idea that the Native American tribe was originally from Gotham and they were pushed out of Gotham. So his motivation oh, that's cool. would, have been to, would have been to take back Gotham for the Native Americans. But it just—it was a lot of story. Um, it would have—it would have been a, a scarecrow comic to really tell all of that. But that was so. I had this you idea. Wanted, Go ahead. You wanted Depp to be Scarecrow? Yeah, he's he's part Native he's part American. Native American, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like Crane in Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, that's, that's uh, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, that is, so that's true. Yeah. So there was a version that could have been like uh, you know um, Native American and. 
And so the Nicolas Cage was a, a good choice because like the, the pivot that I made after just kind of realizing that was too much story was to do more like a 12 Monkeys kind of Brad Pitt character, insane asylum guy yeah. that's crazy but charismatic that people follow. And so we um, so we'll see more about how he becomes Scarecrow and how he is behind some of the things that are happening in Gotham and definitely we'll see Arkham Asylum. So you see issue one ends in Arkham Asylum. We get to see way more of Arkham Asylum in issue two and we get to see more about how Scarecrow and Enigma are planning to take over Gotham and what they're going to do about it. Nice. Nice. I really love the, again, because I also got a preview of this, the, there's a lot of action packed into the asylum. There's a lot of Easter eggs for fans there on that, so it's really cool to sort of see this come together, and I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that Scarecrow idea sounds awesome, but I agree as well. You've also got this to set up. you got Nightwing, Catwoman, <laughs> Riddler, Harvey Dent. There's uh, yeah. so much you can uh, put yeah. into this. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, maybe maybe an idea for another time. Um, we Just so that uh, the YouTube audience can see, maybe we can pull up uh, the cover for uh, Batman Enigma for that, but the you can pull up the cover. Oh, oh uh, sorry. What are we doing now? <laughs> Andrew is running <laughs> out. I thought that uh, on fear gas. <laughs> <laughs> He's thinking about shredding that nar. <laughs> I was looking at the questions <laughs> as notes. Yeah. So sorry. Okay, so we were doing this one. No. Oh, the, what's the next? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, I really it? like the inclusion oh, of Arkham Asylum. Oh, yeah. 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 Feel like that's such a lost opportunity, especially for a Burton Batman movie. Yeah, exactly, uh, would have been amazing. And um, are you calling him Enigma instead of the Riddler? I notice you keep calling him Enigma on this, or is that just shorthand for Edward Enigma? Yeah. Go ahead, Ian. No, that, that's short. That's just short for uh, Edward Enigma. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Well. Uh, as the YouTube audience can see, we have the uh, cover by Ian up here. We've zoomed in a bit on it uh, with uh, Keaton's Batman, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman, and, uh, of course, Robin Williams as the Riddler, who was uh, who they originally wrote the Riddler part for uh, by the Bachelors when, uh, you know, Joe Schumacher was attached. So that was, uh, you know, that's definitely one of the big castings that, one of the great castings that never happened, yeah. uh, in our opinion. Uh, unfortunately... Today uh, is the day of this recording. Is the anniversary of his death, uh, Robin Williams. But uh, he was a huge comic book fan. Himself. Yeah, you know he. I think at one point cited he was a fan of Grant Morrison's Arkham Asylum. Yeah. Uh, for the possibility when they're just like, well, you worked with uh, Chris Nolan in Insomnia. Any chance that he's going to bring you in for this Batman Begins sequel of Joker? And he's just like, you know, call me Chris. Is what he said. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, they went in a different direction and you know we know that that went fantastically anyway but still insomnia is like the forgotten nolan film That's i feel true. like it I is i saw yeah, the theater yeah. it's 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 all right it's pretty good it's nolan you know so yeah, we're, nolan uh, we're obviously yeah we're obviously big um robin williams fans and uh, mm -hmm. you know he actually had a long history with the batman movies going back to i think 89 and that right. He was used in some of the negotiations with Jack Nicholson to get Jack Nicholson on board. What I understand, and, and Ben, you may know better than me, was that Robin Williams was kind of promised the role, but it was really a ruse to get Jack Nicholson to bite at the role. Is that right? Mm -hmm. 
Pretty much, yeah. Like, Man, it was him and like, Tim Curry and a bunch of others who they were just like, well, we got all these other actors down for it. And Nicholson's was like, never mind, I'm going to do it. And then <laughs> Williams was out, and, and Williams apparently wasn't, um, you know, that he it, he took it hard. There was a yeah. paragraph in a biography of his that talks yeah. about that. And it's, it's, it's rough. Hollywood's rough. But he could have uh, really brought to him. Who was it? Do you know the producer that lied to him? You got a name? Probably John Peters. <laughs> yeah, going to be a spider in it. Yeah. yeah. Now you see, a spider is one of the most notorious foes in nature. Like, dude, I don't give a fuck. It's going to be good in the movie or not. I want Sean yeah. Penn as Superman because he's got the eyes of a predator. Yeah. What the fuck? That's what Superman is. I don't. I fucking hate that suit, and I don't want him to fly. Because <laughs> flying's gay. This is John Peters' words, not John mine. Peters, by the way, yeah. Uh, yeah, we will definitely cover those. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys haven't seen that Superman Lives documentary, oh, yeah. it's yeah. amazing. Just yeah. the people listening is uh, and where all this John Peters wonderful stuff comes from. And I remember watching Kevin Smith. He did this, you know, hour special where he talks about you know, writing the first script for that Superman movie with, that Nicolas Cage was going to be in, and having to meet with John Peters and John Peters sitting on the couch visualizing <laughs> the scene while. Well, <laughs> like like it was appearing before him like while well, kevin smith read the script to him and he's like you want me to read to you like like a bedtime story <laughs> yes. he's a movie producer reading scripts is his job <laughs> or having them read to him i guess having them read to him yeah and the best Jesus, part about that man. documentary is they bring this up to john peters and like he doesn't deny it at all he's like oh yeah that's yeah the you know, like the, you wanted a giant spider. You you wanted Superman to fight a giant spider. It was a Sungarian something or other. That was snare beast. He was like, that's what. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And he was like, he was just yeah. I that, that was what I wanted to do. God, and that's that's the spider ogre, brainiac. Yeah. We'll cover that at some point because yeah. that is a we hell got, of a story. Oh yeah, a hell of a series coming up. Yeah, there's a lot of reading we got to do. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, on, on another note, uh, we. We talked about sort of you predating a lot of different things, you know, Nightwing and, and Batwing. But uh, in terms of this, we've also got another Batman comic coming out that's essential to the Burton verse that you guys have noted on Twitter. You call them the distinguished competition. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's Marvel's name for DC. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts on the upcoming uh, Sam Ham Joe Quinones comic? Uh, well, I, I'll speak. To, I can speak first of Eric. You'll obviously give your notes about this, but I have to say I was completely shocked that DC was actually going to do do an A nine miniseries. Everybody, yeah, might, because it, we had heard, you know, that it had been, you know, rejected. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't rejected. Yeah, originally. Yeah. So the minute I saw saw the the article that said they were going to release it. I was telling, I told this to Eric. He's like, "Really? That's this is crazy." So, mm-hmm. and I said, "We're going to be competing with them." <laughs> <laughs> no. So I'm I'm excited about it. I'm a fan mm-hmm. of Joe Ordways and um, Sam Ham. You know, like I can remember reading. So you know, there used to be a magazine called Comic Scene. And they would talk about movies and comics and stuff. And so there was an interview with Sam Hamm I read a million times where he talked about writing the original script for Batman 89 and for Watchmen. And and that's like who, how I first learned about who Sam Hamm was, was through that article. And 
you know, so I have like tremendous respect for him and, you know, how, you know, basically, you know, Batman 89 reinvented superhero movies and basically set, laid the groundwork for everything that came after, um, you know, no just credit to the original Superman movie, but it was a different kind of movie than what Batman was. Um, yeah. So I tremendous respect for both of those uh, guys. And, um, you know, I think, you know, what they'll do will be amazing. I'm excited to see it. I don't really consider us competition. I mean, distinguished competition is what Stanley always called DC. Uh, I think that's a great, yeah. great, uh, great way to refer to them. And uh, I'm excited to see what they do. You know, I thought like, you know, we probably have some advantages and that, you know, we can portray actors that they may not be able to portray. Although it seems like they're really going for it. Well, I was surprised that they were going to do Two-Face. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And then, you know, um, Catwoman looks like she's going to show up and stuff. But they're also doing some stuff that we're not, you know, we're not uh, entertaining, which is like uh, bringing in Batgirl. Um, They're alluding to doing some of that. Uh, So there's a lot of interesting things they can do. Um, And, you know, whatever they do will definitely be just copying what we're doing. So, you know, I, I don't know. They won't do Robin's dog food like you well, guys will. So, well, you know, well, you know, is <laughs> how we make our money. You know, yeah, we have no, we exactly. have no choice. Uh, I definitely was. I guess I was less shocked about the comic because of the fact that I'm just like, well, we've got Keaton coming back in the Flash, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That they've grinned at that, but then it's just like Sam Ham's coming back to Bright. I'm just like Sam Ham's coming back to Batman. I'm like, okay. They backed up a then. dump truck full of money. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Please come back we to us, We haven't had you write anything for Batman Way since we kicked you off Batman Returns. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. <laughs> I'm like, okay, damn. Wait, did Sam Ham? he didn't like Batman Returns? There was another guy that never liked Returns, right? Oh, no, no, no. Ham didn't like, or somebody didn't like 89. Waters didn't like 89. Waters didn't, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm yeah. going to bring back yeah. Alexander Knox so I can kill him off. And yeah. That's right. On the bat signal. Yeah. On the bat signal, yeah. Like, Burton was just like, please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Not do that. <laughs> Why don't we just not have him in the show as opposed to bringing? Him yeah, back yeah. Just, just don't even him. talk about. Him. <laughs> yeah. How about that? We'll have Max yeah. Shrek instead, <laughs> so that Robert Wool can come back to comic book conventions and do Crisis for a scene. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, hey, if they killed him off, he wouldn't have been able to do that because they would be like, "Hey, you're dead." But I don't know. That probably wouldn't have stopped them. Honestly. Nope. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, Zach has the next question, though. You've kind of already answered this in terms of what's coming up. But not when. Yes. When can fans expect the next issues of Batman Enigma and Batman meets Godzilla? All right, so Ian's not going to say. So... So the the Batman meets Godzilla issue three... uh, the art's coming in. It's looking great. We got coloring and lettering we got to do. So I'm going to say, I'm going to put that in fall category now. I don't think we're going to see it in August as as we're getting in the middle of July here. Um, and then Batman Enigma. Um, I'm seeing thumbnails come from Ian. Uh, and <laughs> I'm lettering to those as we go. And so he's got uh, quite a bit of work left to do. But what, what's, your, what's your timeline, you think, Ian? Well, it's definitely going to be late July, early August, because I do want this to be a summer release. And I want it to be at the same time that a nine comic actually comes out. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Ian, is, Ian wants to be done with this before the October time frame when the Batman 89 is, you know, the DC Batman 89 is done. So we can say that we're done first. We'll see. Um, it, you know, it's a lot of, you know, and to Ian's credit, it's, he's carrying all, you know, all the art duties on this one. Um, and so it's a lot to do, you know, as a kind of a fun side thing. So, but yeah, he did a great job on issue one. And one thing I'll, I'll mention as we're talking about this, uh, when we talked about, so he, so the idea for Batman Enigma came from, from Ian, you know, yeah. he was doing, he was doing art on Batman meets Godzilla. And he's like, Hey, have you heard about like this third Burton movie and stuff? But yeah, I th- you know, I always thought that would have been cool to see. And he's like, well, I want to do it. I want to do all the artwork and I want to do it with Riddler and Scarecrow. So he had like kind of, you know, that, that idea. And, and I said, you know, what would be really cool is if we do it as like a weekly strip, like a black and white weekly strip. And he said, no, that's a terrible idea. We're going to do it. as a trio. <laughs> <laughs> well, say, say it again, Ian, I, we're not picking you up. I think one more time. I, I never said that it was a terrible idea. Never said that. He said, I will consider it forever, and we will never do it. And, <laughs> and I said, well, I will just Photoshop it into weekly strips, and we will have it. Uh, wow. So so, so Ian brought the, basically the story and the, you know, the characters. And, you know, so I scripted issue one and kind of outlined the story for the three issues. Um, we had Paul Bryan McCoy, who who pitched some ideas on Batman meets Godzilla, who's a great writer in his own right, has um, books on Amazon. Um, you can see his website at psychodrivein.com. He's also on Twitter. You'll see him in, on our um, Enigma Batman Twitter. Um, so mm-hmm. Paul, I call him PBM because he's a big um, Philip K. Dick fan <laughs> and a Robert Anton Wilson fan. Yeah, so if you know those guys from sci-fi, like PKD and REW... So I call him uh, PBM. So PBM is doing. He came in and helped do this um, to write this the actual physical script for issue two. I had did the outline and some of the dialogue, but I just was so wrapped up with um, Batman meets Godzilla issue three. I couldn't get the script out in time, and Ian was just dying to get some some words down. So uh, Paul knocked it out in like two weeks and got that running for us. Um, and so. Um, so fortunately, you know, so now there's three of us kind of doing this. Um, so we are, we got the storyline going, we're just going to be three issues on this and, and done as well. Just like Batman meets Godzilla. Um, we don't want to overstay our welcome. And then, you know, just it's a lot of work, um, uh, for, for anyone to do on the side. And so Ian's kind of carrying the, the burden on this. Black and white looks great with Ian's art. I think it's a good choice for the Burton universe. Um, you know, we got some, a little bit of coloring in there, but it's really a kind of a dark, you know, um, atmospheric uh, work that Ian's doing. And, you know, his cityscapes are amazing. His Batmobile is amazing. Um, he brought in the new costume design for um, Batman. that looks great. He did the Nightwing costume, which looks great. Um, so, you know, I'm really happy with, I went back and read that issue, um, recently and I was, you know, if you get a little distance from something, you know, you can, you'll either have one of two reactions. You're like, oh, that was horrible. Or like, I'm really, I I don't remember it being that good. And it really was like, (laughs) oh, I don't remember it being that good. I was really, I was really, uh, 
you know, like it was fun to read, you know, having a little bit of distance and, you know, I'm excited to see the second one, the arts coming in. We got like, um, Ben mentioned some, uh, we got some great Easter eggs in there. We get into Arkham Asylum, we get into some action. Um, it's just going to be a real fun issue. Issue one was a lot of setup, you know, kind of putting us back into Gotham, what's going on with all the characters, kind of getting the pieces in place. And then issue two is just um, nonstop action. And then, um, you know, issue three, you know, we have the, the big windup and resolution. And so I, um, I got some interesting ideas of uh, how this will end, and I guarantee you it will be different than Batman 89. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Well, uh, just as a little bit of a preview for our YouTube audience, we do have uh, Eric was gracious enough to allow us to give a preview of the cover for Batman Meets Godzilla issue number three. Uh, that you'll see that has uh, Batgirl on top of Godzilla. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I like this one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The so Kerouac. Bright. Yeah. Yeah. My, my friend Kerouac, did, who did the first, you know, the first piece of art for Batman Meets Godzilla was done by Kerouac. Um, he did the cover for all the issues, including this one. And he actually did four versions of this cover. Um, and so this one is probably my favorite because it's really colorful. And you see Batgirl yeah. is on on top of Godzilla and and so when we ended Batman he's Godzilla issue two, Godzilla was on ice and Batgirl was captured by um Hugo Strange and so you know both those characters come back in issue three. Uh we don't know how. You just have to read and see. Uh, but I guess it's a lot of fun. Uh we I'm really happy with the way issue three ended. Um like I said before, we really ran out of the story with issue two. And so we're kind of over our skis a little bit with issue three and just kind of making stuff up. Uh, but I think is, I think I'm real happy with the way it turned out. I think it's really fun. All the artists got excited. I, I tried to write something fun in each page for the artists to do, just make it a real fun um, time for these guys. And so everybody's excited about it. The art coming in looks great. I'm real happy with it. And uh, I'm thinking, like I said, this will probably be September um release uh, based on where we're at today nice is there a certain godzilla this was based on or is it just from the first movie or yeah so like it, anybody who watches the films there's an evolution to godzilla and so this is the 60s version of godzilla but even in the 1960s he would evolve a little bit film to film yeah. and so our godzilla is really like the godzilla of like um Godzilla meets Ibera, um, which is like 1967, if I'm not mistaken. That was when um, it was getting a little bit more kid-friendly, right? Absolutely, absolutely. So, yeah. and like in the States, it was like Godzilla versus the sea monster. So it's the... Uh, oh, yeah. And so that's kind of our model. But, you know, the artists all kind of do their own interpretation of it. So it's not all yeah. exactly like on model. Um, but, you know, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the idea. It's more kind of that... That night, that mid to late '60s Godzilla, where it's like, like bigger, bigger eyes to look cuter. Yeah, like the hardest thing, like mm -hmm. to me, like to really capture the essence of that Godzilla is the eyes and getting those eyes right, mm. which Ker Kerouac yeah. did here, did a great job on that. Um, you get that right, and then the mouth, the the mouth doesn't doesn't uh. really open. It doesn't really open super wide in that '60s. It's basically like that. So, like Kerouac's like super on model here. It's, it's a great rendition of of uh, Godzilla and um, you know the Batgirl. It's a great pose. Um, yeah. 
So does does Batgirl climb on Godzilla and ride his head? Well, you'll have to read the issue to find out. <laughs> you'll have to find out. That's cool. Same bat time, same bat same time. Bat don't destroy that building. I don't like that building. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, awesome. Okay. Uh, and then Andrew's got the uh, final question on what's coming up. Okay, yeah. So what are your... Uh, wait, what's this next? Oh, yeah. What's next for your comic book collaborations, guys? Well, um, after Enigma uh, and uh, Batman Meets Godzilla is completed, we're going to venture into the Snyderverse. Oh, shit. We might be a little familiar with that. <laughs> Just yeah. got everything. <laughs> yeah, okay, uh, so that's basically all you can say at this time? I think we can give some hints here and there. I think we can talk about it a little bit. So Ian's okay. a huge... Ian's a huge Zack Snyder fan. Um, he was really unhappy that they didn't finish the Justice League that Snyder set out. And so, like, we've learned a lot in, like, the last, you know, few months about what would have happened, you know. So there's been storyboards released, and, um, you know, obviously the Snyder cut of the movie came out. And so, you know, so we kind of know now what would happen to those two issues. And I, I think Ian was telling me yesterday that they're actually going to do a motion comic of um, the Justice League movies that weren't made. So oh, shit. I think that's cool. Yeah. So I think we'll, we'll see those happen. So we may be more focused on the the Affleck Batman that didn't get made. Um, and so I know you guys talked about covered that in one of your podcasts. And there's a lot of cool stuff mm-hmm. um, that happens in that one. Um so, you know, we before we had the storyboards for a issue two and issue three and kind of knew what Snyder was going with, I had um, I had some ideas I was thinking through, like, where we could go with it, what would be kind of a big menace for them to fight and stop. And so, obviously, Darkseid, you can't really do bigger than Darkseid. That's, you know, right. the ultimate, ultimate the villain. The presence, for, bro. Yeah. And they so, fight God. But DC did, DC did, yeah. <laughs> so DC did have uh, like these villains called Manhunters um, that were kind of like Terminator robots um, that were disguised as humans and stuff like that. Uh, that would have been kind of cool. We could have brought in Martian Manhunter from that storyline. There's a lot of cool things that could have been done there. Um, so I don't know if we'll touch the the Justice League since those will be made comic books. But I could see us doing like the athletic batman especially if they don't do one you know that's ridiculous i mean in my mind i, I love the athletic batman i think in terms of how he looks and those fight scenes those are some of the best batman moments you'll see on screen yeah uh, i will say though um with the in terms of the motion count that this other fan base is doing they're just doing the storyboards they're just having someone narrate and i should just show the storyboards oh it's not dc no it's not dc at all oh okay well there's no way Fake they're guys. not doing it that. Was... <laughs> yeah, the fans making that. Yeah, that's how, that's yeah, how, that's how fake news happens. Yeah. 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 Reporters right. doing the narrations and uh, some actors who are part of the Snyderverse as well as some Snyderverse fans are collaborating on it. And it's I'm there for it. That sounds like yeah. That sounds great. And Ray Porter seems so cool on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's directly based off the storyboards and, and what was in the original take. So... Uh, I know, I think, Eric, you hinted to me at one point that you were going to have some of your own 
ideas in it in order for a two and three to fit in with the Snyder Cut, since the two and three storyboards are from the original idea for Justice League One had, which includes the big Batman Lois Lane romance. Right, right, right. That, which obviously is not happening in the in the Snyder Cut. But yeah, I'm not a big fan of. I mean, honestly, I'm not a big fan of putting. Um, Lois Lane was Bruce Wayne. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it's not. I, it makes me cringe. I mean, maybe that's because I'm old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was gonna obviously they'd have to find another way to fulfill Batman's arc and Lois and Superman's arc without. And Ian, element. yeah, Ian figured that piece out. He has that. Ah. Oh, cool. So. Yeah, so in our version, obviously, um, it w- I would just spoil that. I would just spoil this. It would be Clark's child. That's just it. Okay. okay. Right. Yeah, I would explain it further in the comic, obviously, and uh, we would be seeing another relationship in there in the story. Uh, yeah, I think like you don't have to have. Yeah, you don't have to have. Batman and Lois to get the story, to, to get that plot point that you that you need. Right. But yeah, you don't need to have him be in love with her in order for him to regret not saving her. In that yeah, whole yeah, dark exactly. Thing, so yeah, yeah, I and mean, it's kind of you know I know I don't know if that would have made it to the movie. I don't know. I mean, that's yeah. You would just I don't know. Like me personally, I would just hope I would just like look, let's let's. Uh, that idea is like a seven and a half. Let's try to see if we can get. A, <laughs> uh, let's let's go for an eight or nine here. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, it didn't end up in the actual Snyder cut. So gives you a bit of free reign. Uh, as well, some of the other things didn't quite match up with what was in there. But uh, I think yeah, this was great. Yeah. Thank thank you, guys. Thank you guys. It's great talking about awesome. Godzilla and Batman Enigma, and that is superhero stuff. You should know. All right, let's do this. So we have a few fan comments. First off, from Taco Ghost commented on our Taco Ghost. Episode, Love the wrong? name. The episode was on. Are you wrong about Jared Leto's Joker? Taco Ghost said, "Quote: I actually think the grill is a neat idea, and I wouldn't have minded the tats if they were at least funny. Also, they should have been kind of shitty looking, like Ninja for Die and Words tattoos." <laughs> Uh, definitely should have gotten rid of the Joker motif and went with like Batman fanboy tattoos and done upside down or the Joker was the one to do them which he should have been tattoos done upside down like because like, Joker's doing them himself like, oh I yeah, guess so from his vo- uh, vantage point like yeah <laughs> that's interesting yeah, that's interesting and then I think Rob on the podcast had ideas about like him having a tattoo of the Bat brand over his heart or something. Like, yeah, it sounds like fans have put this more thought into this than they did in the actual design. They had more time to the fans have. Like, there's a there's a, there's oh, a yes. certain deadline everybody has to make in the movie, right? Put damage on his forehead and be done with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I forgive everything but the damage. I forgive everything but that part. All right. On to the next comment. All right. This one is from John Tease. Uh, John T's commented on our What You Didn't Know About A Death in the Family episode saying, quote, Going sane is one of my favorites too, Ben, and so few people talk about it. High five. Another fun episode. <laughs> Criminally few views as per usual. Uh, thanks We're working on it. Thanks a lot, John T's. You are a man of fine taste. Yes, Going Sane is like the, in my mind, the greatest, one of the greatest joke comic books. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Easily beats out Killing Joke in my mind. So, 
Awesome. Well, yeah. Sacrilege. Big, uh, sacrilege to say that. Bold, bold oh, statements. Oh, okay, hold on a second. You are also a fan of this. Sac- oh yeah, <laughs> I, that was shit. me. That was me <laughs> mimicking the uh, fan outcry. The that when this episode comes out, they're all going to slam their computers shut. All right, bring it on. Walk away. Next one, <laughs> Next one comes from Cosmic Eight Starlight Cafe. Yeah, Cafe, not Cafe. All right, Cafe. Uh, the Joker mobile was actually really awesome, referring to Jared Leto's uh, purple Lamborghini. Uh, no, <laughs> they were referencing the car, not the song. Okay. Uh, I yeah. the design, although I felt that the car's lights, whatever the ones that shine under or around the car, should have been lime green to give it the full Joker color scheme. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be good. He yeah. talks to Dom or somebody from Fast and the Furious to rig his car up. Yeah. But first, he's got to be part of the family. He's got to be part That's of the family right. first, and then, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah, that's another thing I didn't really bring up that much was the fact that the Purple Lamborghini... You didn't bring up family quite enough, Leto, man. Yeah, no, I didn't, especially when it comes to the Joker. <laughs> uh, Leto's There's a lot Joker, of death sentiment, all that shit. <laughs> Leto's Purple Lamborghini is basically the Joker mobile, and there haven't really been a lot of Joker mobiles on film. The closest Not enough. Beforehand was, yeah, Do they show up in the comics, like, all the time, the Joker mobile? He's got a lot of them, yeah. 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 Keeps crashing. They even had, uh, they even had some... Toys, too. Yeah, I think yeah. I might have had one with a giant Joker face. It's a giant Joker. So you have like the animated right? series or the '89 toys. I know I have like a I have a Joker, yeah. a Joker motorcycle in here from '89. It's got, got his face. face on the front. <laughs> that awesome. was great. I want to see the Joker the maximum overdrive Joker fa- face versus the Batmobile with the giant bat head. Yeah, just go straight smash. Only thing oh, Nolan like, had was the Slaughter ice cream best, truck. Yeah, Slaughter's right? the best medicine. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's kind of his Joker mobile. When I saw that in the theater, I was like, slaughter and laughter. How have I never thought about this before? <laughs> genius! <laughs> genius. <It's> genius! Genius. <laughs> All right, so anyway, uh, that is it for the fan comments. Over to you, Andrew. All right, so thanks for those comments, and thank you to our Patreon supporters who are Shasta, Leom O, Jose Orocha, Super Inframan, Douglas P, Dan D, Aaron Willett, Nick Noir. Jesse E, Jeffrey R, Scott V, Asgers Webb, and do we get a new one? We got a new one, Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah, Jeremy H. Jeremy H. Thank you, Jeremy H. And also, thank you to our other supporters, Spark Again, SACT Productions, Robert Schumann, Kooky Noms, Matt Herring, Elijah B., Shamrock Balls, Ian H., Walter the Wobot, John Wells, and Rye Guy. Also, shout out to the Calma Capital on Instagram, as well as the Everything Entertainment Club on Clubhouse. All right. And uh, please check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. We have the $1 tier that gets you the shout out, but also we have the $5 tier, which gets you a whole other show, a deeper dive. Cancel anytime, $5 a month. And that's on patreon.com slash superhero stuff pod. Um, we have Superhouse merch. Um, just look for us on Redbubble, TeePublic, or Threadless. Um, and uh, you can get your Ben Men uh, and Indeed Wizard mugs, and we're working on. Uh, we asked Wolfie to get the uh, Drac- uh, Zacula Joker yeah. uh, version uh, for, in his <clears throat> art, so we'll have that going on as well. Uh, check that out on those sites, and uh, please leave us a review on iTunes. Also, please record us some sort of audio thing and send that to superhousepodcast at gmail.com. We would appreciate that. Any kind of bumper or whatever, or something really weird. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, 
we're taking anything at this point. Um, please animate our sketches if you do listen to them, the three of you out there. Um, hashtag at the bottom. Uh, put that for the duration of the video. I'm Thunderwolf Drew on Instagram and Twitter. I'm Thunderwolf Lives on YouTube. I'm Thunderwolf Lives. Uh, um, my website is ThunderwolfLives.com. You can see my portfolio there and all that kind of shit. Uh, and um, yeah, my YouTube is full of uh, all kinds of Japanese culture, language, gaming centric content. And um, I'm also in pre production for a film now that will be uh, funded via Indiegogo. And we're going to do that campaign at some point in the future, probably early part next year, looking at this point. But uh, it's called Amano Recon, and that's A-M-A-N-O-R-E-C-O-N dot com. You can go to that website and check out what we're trying to do. It is, think of basically an R-rated Power Rangers meets X-Files meets, um, like, all kind like, meets horror. It's a, it's a horror sci-fi show, and... Um, Check that out. Fire in the Sky is a big influence on this. Uh, so, yeah, we're working on that now. And uh, please, uh, yeah, check out AminoRecon.com uh, for the time being. That's it for me, Ben. Sure. You can check us out on Twitter at SuperHousePod, which is how we met with Eric and Ian and found out about Batman meets Godzilla and Batman Enigma. Uh, you can also <laughs> help us out at uh, Instagram and follow us there at SuperHeroStuffPod, which is how we met our co-host, Zach. Uh, you can follow us on TikTok at Superhero Stuff Pod, and we are on Vero now, where we'll eventually flood Zack Snyder with a ton of questions. Find we haven't done that yet. Superhero Stuff Pod. I've been trying to find the right question. The right you gotta prepare for, the, for that moment. <laughs> I have to prepare for this moment. Okay. When he's online, when he's posting. Can you tell when he's online? Probably not, but I can figure it out through deductive reason. Anyway, website <laughs> whenever you get. The last time he was, the last three <laughs> times he was online was. <laughs> My YouTube channel is in the description below. You can also check out the website for my kids' comic, Earl E. Bird, at earl-e-bird.com. My personal Instagram is Ben Juan Ryder. Uh, my cat, my son's Instagram, is Alfie Pennyworth Cat, for my furry cat, Alfred. And if you also have a furry cat, whether his name is Alfred or her name is Alfreda or whatever. Alfreda. You can also check out Whiskerbox. Alfredo Sops. We are affiliates with... Whisker box as well as bark box. If uh, you like dogs, as we say in the middle. <laughs> Do you like dogs? We need to maybe redo that. Preferably, if you have a dog, you should. It's get good enough box. for now. It's our first ad that we did. Uh, and you can also check all that stuff out at superhousepod.com/shop, where you can find out all our other affiliates. We're affiliates of Amazon affiliates of ebay uh so check out all the stuff there at the links below we're updating the website too that's going to be incoming um our current website you know it's been all right but it could be better uh but yeah the show notes too man holy shit you did a lot of work with that <laughs> i hope <laughs> you guys are reading there's like three reading those i had to there's i had to like rebuild that shit it. and i was like damn <laughs> I mean, I had looked at them before, but I had never looked at them in detail, to be honest with you. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> no, it, no, it was, it's good, though. It's good. All right, over to Zach. Well, if you'd like to see uh, more of my artwork, then you can follow me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, uh, Zachary Jackson Brown Art. And you can also go to ZacharyJacksonBrownArt.com, see more of my artwork, and to purchase prints and T-shirts. Awesome. And uh, lastly, of course, our guests, in case anybody hasn't already clicked the links in the description, where yeah. can we find you guys on social media as well as read Batman Meets Godzilla and Batman Enigma? So you can find me at Elliot Comics on Twitter, 
You can read Batman Meets Godzilla on uh, BatmanMeetsGodzilla.com. You can follow us on Twitter at BatmanMeetsDod1. And Enigma... Meets who? Bat- Meets God. God? God, yes. That was... It's a whole other fan comic. That's another yeah, whole. I know it's the best. Wow, uh, that's some Grant Morrison shit, bro. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, yeah, that's, that's a whole other story. So Batman meets God one, nice. and then um, our we have also a Twitter for Enigma Batman, Enigma E N I G M A Batman, and then you can check out um, writer uh, Paul Brian McCoy's website, the psychodriving.com. And yeah. then, Ian, I'll let you plug your stuff. Uh, you can find me at uh, Twitter as well, Triple Threat Comics. All one word, all lowercase. Nice. Triple Threat nice, Comics. Bro. Yeah. Awesome. awesome two, two Rocks should go hunt Godzilla, bro. It could <laughs> Tell happen. Tell Simpson that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, Vin- it's, it's, Valiant, it's Valiant Comics. Valiant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah so going back... An hour ago, we talked about this. <laughs> edit that in, Andrew. Ben thought edit this was, was going to be a short episode, and I was like, "I don't know about that, man." You don't you know start me at talking this point? about Japanese stuff around Andrew. <laughs> it's like diarrhea of the mouth. <laughs> it's fucking Godzilla shit, man. Well, if you want even more diarrhea of the mouth from us, you can be part of our five dollar Patreon, where this week. Well, Batman may be facing against Godzilla in the main show, but for the Patreon this week, he's going up against Robin. We're covering the animated film Batman vs. Robin and how it compares to Andrew's favorite Batman comic storyline, The Court of Owls. Court of Owls is the best one. Yes. I'm not kidding. <laughs> and uh, yes. how about you uh, tell all your friends about us? Wait, wait, wait. I, I skipped it. Do, you- <laughs> do me a favor. We'll get it on the next one. Good night, guys. See you later. Superhero Stuff You Should Know is part of the Greenlit Podcast Network.